And some of us grew up in households or cultures that never asked for our opinion. And so we felt like we had to slide it in carefully wrapped up in an apology. Sorry, is this a good time? Sorry, could I just add something? And so we, we apologize again for fear that we are speaking out of turn. We're out of our lane. I'm Sadia Tariq, and you're listening to Dhani, the podcast. I believe everybody has a story, and Dhani has been all about these stories coming from opinions, personal experiences, life lessons, and so much more. And somewhere along the lines, we find ourselves being part of these stories, or they being part of us, in nooks and crannies, in crumbs, in echoes and reflections. Our guest today is the absolutely vivacious, courageous Professor Meyer, a sociologist by profession. She's a confidence builder and, as she calls herself, an apology hater. In this podcast, Professor Meyer takes us through how we especially women downplay ourselves, the various ways of talking, the language, the prologues, the epilogues. Professor Maya shares with us her research of the last 17 months where she has been able to identify the ways of our language, gender disparity, cultural disparity, and how women actually downplay themselves a lot more than men. And in this podcast, she also shares with us tips of how we can bring in little tweaks to our spoken language to completely change the picture. And before we begin the episode, a shameless plug-in, please visit dhani.online, subscribe to the newsletter, and thank you for listening to this podcast Professor Maya, what a delight to have you on Dhani. Thank you so much. Ma'am, you, um, I've seen your TED Talk. Um, mm. And um, uh, on your website, uh, you say you're a confidence builder and an apology hater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> why would that be? As in, why would the latter be? I... I am sort of obsessed with apologies, if you will. And I became uh, obsessed with this probably about four or five years ago when I was at an academic conference and I heard all these women, my mentors, women at the pinnacle of their careers, apologizing for no reason. And I was gobsmacked. And I, from that moment on, I really wanted to delve into why do women apologize so much? Under what circumstances? How does it make us feel? Is it necessary? And mm. 90% of the time, even more, it's really not necessary. And that, that really was the changing point of my career in my life when I was in that audience listening to woman after woman deflect her accomplishments, minimize 
her credentials, uh, preface her statements with, sorry, can I add something? Sorry, is this a good time? Sorry, I I want to <laughs> <laughs> ask a question. And I mean, I found, I found it enraging, but I also simultaneously found it heartbreaking because I realized also in that moment that what I was seeing with women at the pinnacle of their careers mirrored exactly what I was seeing with my young undergraduate women in um, third and fourth year university that I was teaching. And so I realized in that moment, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, it's all of us. Why are we apologizing so much? (laughs) So what uh, answers did you find? (laughs) So we have Canadian research that shows there is in fact a gender difference. Men and women apologize differently. So research shows that when men and women deem a behavior to be offensive, they will both apologize. So it's not that men avoid apologizing, but men have a really, really high, high threshold of what they consider to be an apology worthy moment where women are in the total opposite end of the scale. We have such a low threshold. So we see the need to apologize for everything. So we will apologize uh, in case somebody misunderstands what we're saying for fear of uh, having somebody misperceive what we're saying, fear of offending people. Heaven forbid we should disagree with somebody. But <laughs> but apologies, quite honestly, apologies. How often women apologize and for what reason changes how people perceive us, right? People take notice when every other word you're saying is, sorry, sorry, is this a good time? Sorry, can I interrupt? Sorry, can I disagree? Sorry about the tech issues. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, literally no one is looking at us going, oh yes, look at that confidence. How can I get some of that? How can I get to know this woman? I mean, they're not. So, okay, I'll give you an example. I am, I think about 17 months now into a new global study on women's confidence and apologies. And so I have interviewed about 205 women across 17 countries now. And I asked them, how do you think people perceive you when you apologize all the time? Mm -hmm. And their first answer is, oh gosh, well, I hope they perceive me as being polite and and kind. And I said, oh, okay. How do you perceive people who preface their statements with sorry? And they said, oh, it's so annoying. Oh, I, it's irritating. It's infuriating. I find that they have no confidence. So we perceive others who preface their statements and their questions with sorry to be people who lack confidence, people who are um, incompetent because what, what we do, what these apologies do is they plant a seed of doubt mm-hmm. where there was initially no doubt to begin with about your abilities or your competence or your experience or your accomplishments. But prefacing sure. our communication patterns with sorry creates doubt in your audience's mind. So others perceive apologizers as, I'll just give you some of the top answers, as not confident, insecure, doubtful, incompetent, as weak, passive, 
not leadership material, annoying. Uh, we perceive those people as needing intervention. And that means we want to educate them. We want to help them. We want to send them a TED Talk or a podcast or an article to read to help them realize they don't need to apologize so much. So how we think we are being perceived and how we are actually being perceived are vastly different. Sure, I get that. But, but I mean, all this time we've been raised with the fact that the magic words are like, please and thank you and sorry. And sorry is like, is like a safety net. Sorry is like a band-aid uh, which sort of uh, uh, heals or... Um, uh, covers up your mistake and the apology sort of uh, is an acknowledgement of, uh, of of a mistake. But as you're saying, if the prologue, prologue is, is, is a sorry, then obviously the mistake hasn't even been done. If at all, there is one to come. Mm-hmm. So one of the questions in the study is, when is an apology necessary? When is a right. genuine apology necessary? And women say, oh, well, uh, if you hurt somebody's feelings and then they sort of backtrack and they say, well, that could be anybody at any time. And well, no, you can't be responsible for how other people feel. And then they take a moment and they sort of backtrack and they think, well, I mean, if you bump into somebody and, and then they backtrack and they say, well, it was an accident. What if you're at the grocery store and you bump into 10 people? Do you have to say 10 stories? And then as they're working it out in real time, they, they sort of realize, oh, I think I don't need to be saying sorry as often as I am. And so then the criteria for when is a genuine apology necessary becomes much more narrowed down. And so I'm not advocating that we do away with the word sorry or that we do away with apologies. I just want to bring attention to how often we apologize? For what reason are we apologizing? And how does it make us feel? Mm. So I ask women, think about the last time you had to issue a genuine apology. You did something wrong, and you took ownership of it, and you gave a genuine apology. Walk me through the emotions of that, either beforehand, during, or afterwards. And then mm. women's all, you know, pretty universally say, well, it, it makes me feel uncomfortable that I did something that necessitated an apology, but I feel good about myself for taking responsibility. I feel like it um, can bring peace or closure. I feel lighter afterwards. I feel better that I have done the right thing. Mm. Terrific. Then I say, compare how you feel when you say in a meeting, Sorry to interrupt. Sorry can ask a question. Or you apologize for the tech issues. <laughs> How many times have we heard that now during the pandemic? Women apologizing for uh, being two minutes late on a Zoom call, for not having their microphone on, for there being a tech issue, right? All of these things beyond our control. And, and the women say the most common answer is silly, stupid, mm -hmm. and deflated. So mm -hmm. there's something there. <laughs> and if you are littering your communication patterns from morning to night with 37 different apologies, 37 different times where you're saying sorry, don't be surprised if at the end of the day, there's nothing left of your confidence. Uh, I, can, I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt 
that confidence is a muscle that strengthens with use. And with every needless apology we throw out there, we chip away at our confidence. Whoa. <laughs> is this, so obviously, as you said, the research has been done. So there is a, a decent amount of uh, gender mm -hmm. uh, disparity. Is mm -hmm. there some sort of a genetic, cultural, East versus West um, sort of a disparity? Have you, have you noticed that? Have you come across something like that? Yes, definitely. Uh, there are there are lots of different reasons why we apologize so much, and mm -hmm. we've been socialized um, into this apologetic mindset from a very early age, whereby our people pleasing tendencies and desire to be agreeable to everyone and all the time is reinforced and it's encouraged and it becomes a gender norm. And some of us grew up in households or cultures that never asked for our opinion. And so we felt like we had to slide it in carefully wrapped up in an apology. Sorry, is this a good time? Sorry, could I just add something? And so we, we apologize again for fear that we are speaking out of turn, we're out of our lane. And then we use apologies as a habitual way of communicating. And then you have to add in racism and sexism and ageism and that all influences how often and for what reason we apologize when i when i speak so when i speak to women uh, for instance in canada or in certain northern states in the united states they apologize for a completely different reason than the women in the southern states of the us that uh yeah, have a more religious aspect to why they apologize. And their upbringing and their cultural upbringing is more linked to ideas around humbleness. And you also have that in uh, Asian cultures, where this idea that we must be humble, and we must be deferential to authority figures. And so if you've been taught all your life, to just do do good work and the good work will stand for itself you should never have to announce your good work you sh you don't have to take credit for your good work because uh, others will know right this sort of enjoying sure. humbleness yeah. right um and what happens is if you've been taught that for years and then you get into the workforce and somebody compliments your work <laughs> What then happens is the first thing you do is you say, oh, no, not me. I couldn't have done it without the team. I'm just doing my job. Just good luck. Not a big deal. And so you get to a point where you can't even internalize the good that you've done. Because for years, you've just been told you're just doing your job. You're doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're not doing anything uh, extraordinary. And don't get too high on yourself, right? Because Correct. how will others, yeah. others feel if you are talking about how great you are? So there is this there is this tendency for women to underrepresent their accomplishments, mm. and we, we have a term for it. It's actually called feminine modesty. 
Oh, but then, dear. <laughs> but then it, then it gets even more complicated, right? Because we we feel the need to somehow justify our accomplishments. Uh, we need to justify the reasons for our successes. We say, oh, I w- it was just good timing. Oh, it was just good luck. Um, I was just doing my job. Not a big deal. If I can do it, anybody can do it. So we're constantly externalizing our success instead of internalizing. And there's gender differences there too. In general, men internalize their success as in it was me. I'm fantastic. I'm phenomenal. That's what did it. And women externalize it as in it was the team. Um, It's just because I, you know, I put 145 hours into it. It was, you know, it's everybody else but me. Yeah. And, but then you get to the problem of when a woman does present as confident, she is perceived as cocky or arrogant. Mm-hmm. So it's a double bind where we are never enough yet simultaneously too much. So a question in my study is when you hear another woman own it, She gets complimented for a job well done at work. And she says, thank you so much. I worked so hard for that. Thank you for noticing. What do you think about that woman? How do you perceive her? Certainly not gloating. But... (laughs) Uh, certainly, yeah. So, so confident enough to, uh, as you said, own her own um, hard work. Mm-hmm. So that is one of the answers. So women say that, yes, absolutely. I love it. I love to hear it. I want to get to know her. She sounds confident. I, I want to learn from her. I love it. And then the second answer is, well, Maya, you know, if I'm being honest, a little bit of me just just ever so briefly feels that it's a bit too much. It's a bit cocky. Mm. So why is this occurring, right? Because we've been socialized into believing that it is unfeminine. It is unladylike to unapologetically take the credit. That it is somehow boastful. But also that we should always be so highly attuned to the feelings of other people at all times. And so then we become hypersensitive that our own accomplishments could somehow make other people feel badly about themselves. And so feminine modesty then, in fact, teaches us to dim our light in order to protect other people's feelings. Yeah, And, and then that's linked to humbleness. And then that's linked to cultural differences around how you handle praise and compliments. Um, for instance, uh, and I, I, there's, there are cultural differences. Um, when I interview women from um, the UK and I ask them, when you get complimented on your appearance, what do you say? <laughs> so Sadia, what would you say? Somebody compliments you um, on your appearance. So with, you know, your hair, your makeup, your clothing, anything that you're wearing, what do you say? I have to plug in that I am uh, hailing from Asia. So I'm quite uh, skewed to what you just described (laughs) in terms of dimming the light. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) So, (laughs) So what would you say? So what would you say? 
Oh, I would say thank you very much. I have gray hair, so I'm often complimented on that. And I say, oh, thank you very much, but I have nothing to do with it. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> yes. So um, more often than not, women um, that I'm interviewing say fr from the UK say, oh, I hate it. It makes me feel very uncomfortable. I don't know what to say. And they usually end up making a self-deprecating joke. So just like you sort of said, uh, I have nothing to do with it. Mm. So you, know, you compliment a woman on, um, you know, on uh, something that she's wearing. And more often than not, she said where she bought it and how much she paid for it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I've heard that. Yes, absolutely right. Why? Why are we telling people that we just bought something for five pounds? You know, no, nobody asked you if it was... <laughs> On right. clearance, there was no need for that. Nobody asked if it was twelve years old and you found it at the bottom of your closet. But that's yeah. what we do. We present them with this information, right? It's 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 sort of uh, bonkers. So, <laughs> so across across countries, cultures, and two hundred and five interviews so far, like in depth, hour after hour after hour long interviews. I ask women this question and the most common responses is I tell people where I bought it. I tell people how much it costs. I feel the need to compliment them back or I will use a self-deprecating remark hmm. when the answer is thank you. That's what we should be saying. Thank you. And then just resisting the urge to make fun of ourselves or to um, downplay it. Like somebody has taken the time to acknowledge how great you look or how great uh, the work that you have done is. We need to acknowledge that and mm -hmm. simply say thank you. Wow. <laughs> so, so my question here really is that how do we strike a balance as in to find that authenticity in our own voice, not to be bordering literally on gloating and also not uh, uh, sort of berating ourselves constantly? How do we find that voice? How do we find that authenticity whereby um, we're not profusely apologetic for things that we haven't even done and yet not uh sort of be overbearing so uh, the fear that women will go to the other side and be gloating and boastful and cocky and conceited is one of the most common questions that i get and the research simply doesn't bear it out we are constantly on the opposite end of the scale uh self-deprecating minimizing so that's where the concern is. Mm -hmm. I'm not at all concerned that we will end up on the complete opposite end of the scale where we are walking around um, completely boastful, never taking into account teamwork or any of that kind of thing. So the first, the first uh, recommendation is simply to bring awareness, just to take time throughout your day and just to see how often are you unconsciously using the word sorry or deflecting instead of saying thank you when complimented. So that's just the first step, just to sort of bring awareness to how often that's happening. And mm -hmm. then the second step would be to consciously try to stop 
apologizing for really mundane, unnecessary things. So that can either include you not saying sorry at all and just taking the word out completely, which some women find more beneficial. Others prefer to switch it out for another phrase like thank you. So let's say you are two minutes late for a Zoom meeting. Does that require an apology? Now the Zoom meeting has started. Everyone else is there. They've started the meeting. You could simply come into the meeting, mm-hmm. <laughs> not say anything and just listen to whatever they're saying. And then the meeting continues. More often than not, we stop. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, and then that story is then followed by some long winded explanation of what we were doing or trying to justify why we were two minutes late. Or we could just simply say, good morning. Glad to be here. Thanks for waiting. Yeah, yeah. So switching it out for gratitude. So that's one of the phrases that I use quite often. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for waiting. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for letting me vent. Thank you for being there instead of sorry. So instead of sorry to interrupt, Mm. you can easily switch it out to I have an idea. I'd like to add something. I'd like to jump in here. I have a different idea. Even when you're at the the market, um, you're at the grocery store and somebody bumps into you. It's one of the most common reasons we apologize is around spatial differences or spatial areas Um, uh, going up and down the elevator, the escalator, the lift uh, in a uh, grocery store. So any of those circumstances and somebody bumps into you, you don't have to say sorry. We can easily switch it out for, oh, okay, go ahead. I can see you're in a rush or uh, your turn after you or if you bump into somebody, right? You can simply say, excuse me, pardon me. Uh, Oops, me too. are you okay? Or, oh, I'm just going to reach behind you here. I'm just going to reach around you. I'm trying to get the bananas, trying to get the oranges. You know, we don't have to litter our phrases. Apologizing has become our habitual way of communicating. And it starts with trying to be polite and kind. And it ends up being a completely deflating and demoralizing experience. So we can switch it out for what tends to be the most useful is to pick one or two phrases and to try to switch it out for that. Now, it is a little bit easier over email and text. So you can start with that. So when you see it in written communication, it's it's a little bit easier to say, okay, do I need to start off a sentence with? Sorry. Mm-hmm. But um, again, in the study, and I, I asked women, Um, what do you say when you send an email and you forget to include the attachment? Hmm. (laughs) Do you send a follow-up email to apologize? You've, you've had the wrong date, the wrong number. Do you send then another fall? And yeah, they all do. They send a follow. Yeah. Sorry about that. That can easily be switched out for here's the attachment. I forgot to include the attachment. Here it is. We see attached. All those yeah. minor things where we absolutely don't need to say sorry, especially with text messaging. There is this um, this need because we all have smartphones and we're all hyper-connected now. And there absolutely is no formal boundary between work life and home life and school life. It's all blur- blurred right now. And so the expectation is that 
everything is immediate. You will respond immediately. And then when you don't, you feel like you then need to justify why you couldn't respond to um, your girlfriend's text message until three hours later, right? <laughs> I was on a Zoom call while trying to homeschool and also trying to cook for my two kids. Like it's, we don't have to do that. We can simply say, got your message responding now or meant to respond earlier. Couldn't, it's been a day. Or you can just respond, right? We're all, I mean, we're living (laughs) in a pandemic and we are just, there is such an onslaught of information coming at us. We are responding to more emails, more texts, more information, more Zoom calls than ever in our entire lives. And we're constantly feeling like we're always behind. And then we feel like we're never good enough. We're failing as mothers. We're failing as workers. We're failing uh, in our fitness. We're failing in all areas. And then we want to preface all of it with, sorry, I wanted to get back to you earlier. Sorry, I didn't mean for it to go this long without responding. Right? Mm -hmm. So Always coming from a space of deficit. Yes, yes. And we don't have to. Um, we're, we're all sort of in the same situation right now. And we can we can switch it out simply for thank you for your patience. Thank you for waiting for a response. And then just respond to that, right? Yeah. So my question here is to you that uh, two-pronged. One, um, have you ever felt really, really sorry about something that you did in your, say, or in your professional life or in your uh, personal life? And uh, the, connected to that is that if you really do feel, and I'm just saying for myself, I do feel, look back and I do feel sorry about certain things that perhaps I did or I said, how can I change that communication, one, to myself and then uh, perhaps go to the concerned party and give a very, very authentic apology. Absolutely. I, I have absolutely done and said things that I have been apologetic for afterwards. And I try to take responsibility immediately uh, once I've realized that I have, in fact, caused um, hurt and there has been a domino effect to my actions Um, I told somebody I would be there at a certain time and I didn't and I didn't uh, call to say I was going to be late. And so that showed sort of a lack of integrity on my part. And so I wanted to own up to, you know, I was in fact quite, quite late and um, it didn't make me feel good um, that I kept that person waiting for so long. And not only that, that I didn't have the integrity to message them to say I'm in fact going to be uh, 40 minutes late or whatever it was. And so I took responsibility and uh, I owned up to it in a, in a timely manner. And I don't think women have an issue with owning up and taking responsibility yeah. for their actions. That's not sure. where we lack. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's the opposite. It's, it's taking account of our successes and our accomplishments and internalizing the good that we have done. That's where we lack. Mm. Um, And so that's, that's sort of where my research 
is asking those questions. Uh, so my fear is not that, that we can't acknowledge or don't have the proper communication style to uh, bring closure. I think women are actually very good at reading the room and sensing when they have done something wrong. But we tend to um, take that too far and take on other people's feelings and responsibilities and then, in fact, apologize for other people's shortcomings. So um, that, that's, that's sort of where I, um, I focus on. For, for instance, I'll give, you, I'll give you an example. In the study, I ask women, when, some, when you have accomplished something, how do you acknowledge it? What do you do to acknowledge all of the progress that you have made and the successes you've had? Mm. And the most common answer is usually a long pause. (laughs) 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 Women really have to think. Hmm. And then they say, well, nothing. I'm, I'm doing my job. And then they just keep going one after another, after another, after another. And I worry about that. I worry about never being able to internalize our greatness and all of the progress that we have made. And so one of, there's a whole field of research around self-compassion and how we can be as kind to ourselves as we are to other people when they are dealing with an issue. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways that we can do that, one of the exercises that Dr. Kristen Neff comes up with is you have to create uh, a growing list of your accomplishments. Mm-hmm. And the women in my study who have confidence and have been able to maintain confidence. When I ask them this question, they give me a litany, just a plethora of things that they do to remind themselves of their greatness. Mm. And that's what we have to do at all times. If we want to build our confidence, it's not going to come through osmosis. It's not going to come by listening to a podcast or reading a book. It's by taking action. You take action first. You feel confident much, much later. But the actions Mm -hmm. must come first. And one of those actions is, if I could give your listeners one tip, is to create a list, whether it's a Word document on Excel, on paper, or on your phone to write down all of the things that you are proud of from as far back as you can Mm. remember from your earliest memory. Was that a grade four reading competition? Was that a grade five spelling bee? Was that a a speech that you gave in, in high school, whatever it was, write it all down. This, this is an exercise that you can give yourself for the week just to, as you remember them, write everything down, ask other people, what do they think um, are sort of your top, your top moments or what you're proud of or your accomplishments? Have it all written down because you want to have this artifact, this, this living, breathing document 
to remind yourself when you are in the depths of self-doubt and nervousness and anxiety, you remind yourself of your greatness. You remind yourself of everything that you have done so that you know you have created this well of experience and accomplishment so that when the self-doubt comes, you can then reach into that well. It becomes a toolkit to remind yourself of your greatness and that you can, in fact, do this. But that's the first step. The second step, then, is to link all of your accomplishments and these things that you're proud of to a character strength. And Mm -hmm. this is where the gender differences come out in the research. Women, again, tend to externalize their accomplishments and think it was down to good luck, timing, Uh, I just knew the right people. It was just the right circumstances. Um, Only two people applied for the job. That's why I got it. You know, we externalize everything. Yeah. And when you link your accomplishment to an actual character strength, like it was your perseverance. It was your creativity. It was your curiosity. It was your love of learning. It was your perspective. It was your grit. It was your industriousness. It was your attention to detail. It was your intellect. You know, all of that. You've got to link every single one to a character strength so that you can then acknowledge, okay, maybe 10% of my success can be attributed to good luck or timing. Absolutely, right? For all of us, we have all benefited from sheer good luck, timing, from connections, from networking. Absolutely. But the other 90%, the other 90% was us and our intellect and our strength. And so I want women to get to acknowledge what they have done and link it to a character strength so that when we are in those circumstances, when we are commended for a job well done, the first response is, Oh no, not me. <laughs> it actually comes to thank you. Thank yeah. you so much for noticing. I appreciate that. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, you know, you've you've actually uh, given us so much to chew on, and I am so not sorry to have <laughs> taken up your time. <laughs> I'm very, very glad, and I'm very, very grateful um, that you could actually. Um, pinpoint a lot of things that we um, sometimes unconsciously uh, do to ourselves or the language that we speak to ourselves is actually uh, chipping away at us rather than building this, uh, building ourselves up. So thank you very much. One last bit. If the listeners want to know more about your work and this transformational um movement that you have begun, uh, where can they find you? Where can they look up more information? Absolutely. So they can find me at Professor Maya, M-A-J-A dot com. Uh, that is my website and my handle on all my social media is at Professor Maya. And if they would like to participate, if any women out there would like to participate in my study, you can reach out to me on social media or the website all interviews are done via zoom or teams and we talk for a few times about confidence apologies how you handle praise and compliments and your mindset around your successes and failures but one thing if i could i just forgot to mention is also it's so important for us to also as we are get off the apology train and start to learn to uh, say thank you when praise is also 
not only to help ourselves out, but to help other women out. So when you hear other women apologizing for no reason, or you hear them deflecting praise, call them in, have a conversation if you can and say, oh, you don't have to apologize for that. That's, you know, why, why did you apologize? Or why did you just deflect praise right there? It, I would love to have this domino effect of having these conversations with the women in our lives, the women in our families, the women that we work with, so that when we hear another woman, another woman downplay her achievements or minimize her accomplishments, we can speak up and encourage her to take ownership of it all. Whoa, bravo. You know, at the end of the day, it is community work. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Plenty, plenty that you've given us, and I just can't thank you enough. Oh, um, thank you, Sadia. Thank you so much. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you very much. <laughs> Take care. Okay, bye. Bye.